Yeah, let's do it. Sanders patiently running. Sanders good cut. And another block. Sanders still going inside the 40. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to game day here at the Kelly Green Hour, where your Philadelphia Eagles look to clinch the NFC East and the number one seed in the NFC as they face off against the New Orleans Saints. And yes, we do know that we are a couple days later than we normally are. Happy New Year to everybody out there listening to us. I'm your host, LG Hero, and as always, I am joined by my co-host, Connor Donald. Connor, what's going on, man? Not much holidays, like I say right before we came on the air, kind of throw a wrench in some things and trying to figure out plans to record a show. But we figured a show that is 30 minutes or so is better than no show at all. So let's get this started. Yes, so the Philadelphia Eagles are hosting the Saints and they have the, the chance with a win today or a win next week to not leave Philadelphia until the Super Bowl. Because if the Eagles can sit on one seed, they get they they host the divisional round. They win that. They host the NFC Championship game. So they just got off of a three game road trip, which in, in which they went two and one, and in all reality, probably could have gone three and zero. But we're here. They finish off the season with the Saints and the Giants. And again, as I mentioned, there's that potential. They don't have to get on a flight again until Arizona, the, the week of the Super Bowl which is on February 12th, 2023. That's a good thing. That If that doesn't get you excited, I don't know what can get you excited. And the big news, obviously, is Jalen Hurts is out today. But if needed, he can play next. He is going to push and probably would start next week against the Giants. And kind of as a, as a selfish thing, I'm going to the game next week. So obviously I want the Eagles to win today, take care of business, so there's no stress next week. But, you know, it would be nice to see Jalen Hurts, A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, and the starters. But I'd much rather get the win today, take care of business, and, uh, you know, get ready for the playoffs. I agree. And there's a lot of people, like when I posted the the tweet a little while ago, or as I was posting tweets throughout the week of reports, like there's a lot of people saying fake news that he wasn't going to go and all this stuff. And then there was a lot of people getting upset at the, the tweets and the, the proposition that Jalen Hurts isn't going to play in such a meaningful football game. And the biggest thing that I've pointed out to people, the shortest window for return was two weeks on this injury. We are literally at that mark. The risk for re-injury is probably really high. <clears throat> the risk for so many different things is really high. There's a lot on the line in this game. The draft pick, the everything going on. While we would like to have him there, I would rather have him healthy for a playoff run because that means more to me. To me, I want that first round by, but to me, it means more to me to have your number one, probably the most important player on your football team out there for the entire playoff push rather than risking re-injury or re-risk or risk in any type of situation with the shoulder. The shortest window was two weeks. The longest was four to five weeks. Next week's three weeks. I'm, I feel better about him playing next week, but I would not have felt right this week. And as Tim McMahon has reported, this week came down to health and safety, and yet there are still a lot of Birds fans who are really upset with the idea that Jalen is not going to play, which still blows my mind. Yeah, the Eagles are being smart with this because, as you mentioned, in order for the Eagles to win 
to have a chance to win the Super Bowl, they need Jalen Hurts to be the quarterback. And I know a lot of people said that same thing. In tw- I was And I was one of them. Said it in 2017 after Wentz got hurt against the Rams that I don't know if Nick Foles can lead the team to the Super Bowl, and he did. But how many chances – how many – what are the chances of lightning striking twice for the Eagles in a five-year period? Um, I don't want to find out. I'd much rather have the guy who, if he would have played, you know, the last the last week and this week would have been the MVP. I do think now that his MVP chances are shot. He's not going to win the MVP. It'll be Patrick Mahomes or Joe Burrow or uh, Josh Allen. Um, and I guess maybe like um, in the background is Justin Jefferson, but um yeah, and it's unfortunate for – same thing happened to Wentz in 2017. Wentz still should have won it because um, he led the league in, in passing touchdowns up until week 17 when uh, Russell Wilson passed them in the last week. But, you know, it, it's as you mentioned, it's itself. And obviously, as before before we continue, as always, follow us on Twitter at Kelly Greenhour. Follow Connor on Twitter at Connor10. Follow me on Twitter at LJHorel54. Follow The Payment Lines on Twitter and YouTube at The Payment Lines and follow Edge of Philly Sports on Twitter, YouTube, and Facebook at Edge of Philly Sports or EOP Sports. And if you're joining us live here for the pregame show, let us know your thoughts on the game, your prediction, um, you know, your thoughts on Jalen Hurts not playing today. Jane um, Jane Bostick says, Bostick, excuse me, says Jalen should not play until he's fully recovered. I agree with that. We do have to also take into, into account, not anybody, nobody's 100% at this time of year. So, you know, giving him – a cut three weeks if he were if he were needed next week I, I I feel safer but if the Eagles can pull away pull pull out the victory today and we don't have to worry about that and he gets a five week he gets a month of not getting hit you know just throwing the ball and and he should be 100% as close to 100% as he can be going into the uh, divisional um divisional round playoff game Absolutely. I mean, yeah, like you said, nobody's going to be 100%. Lane Johnson is foregoing surgery and just rehabbing these next two or three weeks for the opportunity to play in the playoffs because he understands how important this is rather than having a surgery that's going to sideline him for three months. We He doesn't want to be put in that situation. There's a lot of people, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, he really wanted to be back for this game and quite clearly quite clear why he wanted to be back for this game because he wanted to show his old team up and show you should have paid me you should have given me the opportunity um but even he's not being reactivated for today's game which was kind of surprising but at the same point like all these timelines it's like these guys are at the minimum of the timeline to come back and i feel like the Eagles are playing it a lot smarter than teams like, say, the Miami Dolphins with Tua or other teams with similar situations where there's a lot of injuries or where there's a lot of odd circumstances with some of these players and not playing. I think that the Eagles are playing it extremely smart. And for them to note or for this source that, that Tim McManus had to note that it's a health, a health and safety issue, I think is huge for the Philadelphia Eagles to tell the fans, listen, if we could let him go, he wants to go. We would like him to go. This just makes no sense for him to go. And next week, when he's probably, let's call it, he's at 50% right now. Next week, he's probably closer to 75 and 80% of Jalen Hurts. That's when we want him. We don't want a 50% Jalen Hurts because we don't know the risk. We, we can assume the risk of re-injury. We can assume a lot of things. But at this point, it's most important that he be 100% for the playoff run versus this the, this game, even the next game. Joe says Hurts should still win MVP only because he led his team to more wins this season than Mahomes and Allen. I'm pretty sure Wentz did the same thing in 17 and Brady still won it. So he's not going to win it. Missing two games is going to be held against him. 
Um, and if you look at Mahomes' numbers, um, obviously he's in a more pass-heavy offense, I think, um, in Kansas City than than Hurts is. Um, and I know we can take we take into account the rushing TDs, the rushing yards, and all that. It's going to be Mahomes or Allen or Burrow most likely winning. I, I really MVP. think Mahomes more than any. Like Burrow's come around as of late, but I don't think he's done enough throughout the entirety of the season. This isn't a half season award. Number, I think whoever gets the number one seed in the AFC, that quarterback's going to win. The, it's, it's a quarterback. It's a quarterback. The MVP is a quarterback award, and it's usually whoever's the number one seed. So if the Eagles get the number one seed. Obviously, Hurts is going to be in the discussion, but missing two games is definitely going to hurt him. It's just like the Heisman Trophy in college football. It's pretty much almost exclusively a quarterback award, despite how important it might be to have some of these other players playing out of their minds. Like, obviously, if you're a Cowboys fan, you're probably vouching for Micah Parsons, which brought probably a fair proposition as well. My question about that is if Micah Parsons is getting so much hype, why isn't Hassan Reddick? Hassan Reddick's numbers are better. I absolutely agree fumbles and has made a huge impact on a team that went from 30th in the league in sacks to number one in the league in sacks. So like I, I get Michael Parsons is good, but Hassan Reddick is having a better year. It's just mm-hmm. that he doesn't have the name recognition. Uh, yeah, so it's definitely the namesake at this point. And like, cause statistically, I mean, when you argued about Trayvon Diggs last year, when we talked about Trayvon Diggs and the interception, but he gave up almost 1100 yards. It's like, well, now what about Chauncey Gardner Johnson? Like, where is, the, where is some discussion? Why, why, why is it one way when it's for a specific team or for a specific player, but not the same in the other direction? It's a hundred percent to do with namesake, and it's the NFL is a name league. It's a name-driven league. It's a pass-driven league, and that's why the quarterback wins his award and the defenses don't. So let's talk about the guys that are out uh, for the Eagles. Excuse, oh, excuse me. We know that Jalen's out, Lane Johnson's out, Avante Maddox is out. Um, so we're going to see Josiah Scott or NCJ Gardner-Johnson didn't get activated. So um, he's out. Depending on what happens today, we won't see him until um, the, the divisional round playoff game. Um, but we'll see Josiah Scott, Reed Blankenship, Kevon Wallace. They didn't bring up Anthony Harris. So, again, they're short at the safety position. Um, maybe we see more of Zach McPherson. Who knows? But – I think this game is going to come down to Jonathan Gannon. You cannot allow the Saints to score on you. You you shouldn't have your your backup quarterback against this Saints team shouldn't have to go out there and put up 30 points. So hopefully Jonathan Gannon has his head on straight and this Eagles defense, you know, is doesn't put the offense or you know put the offense into a shootout with Andy freaking Dalton and the Saints. And look, I get it. Um Chris Olave's playing, Alvin Kamara's playing. Um, the Marshawn Lattimore is playing. Yeah, Marshawn. Well, I think I was going to get to him later because the no. defense. But yeah, talking about the offense. Um, uh, Andrews Pete's out, um, but their offensive line is okay. Like they're going to try to come out there and get the ball. It, it's going to be a heavy focus on Alvin Kamara and then Chris Olave on play actions. And then you got to keep in mind Taysom Hill. Taysom Hill's the wild card because they put him in the game on special team. They put him at quarterback. They put him at running back. They put him at tight end. They put him everywhere at H back. So he's going to be a guy to watch out for. So we'll see what happens, but Jonathan Gannon cannot place or, or call play scared like he did last week against Dallas. Yeah. And I also think another name that you didn't mention, and I mean, I know he kind of flies under the radar, but he's almost, he's almost uh 
touchdown anytime type of betting guys juwan johnson up against our because uh, you talk about Taysom hill but this is a guy who sees close to five targets a game and has been scoring at almost a touchdown a game rate so he's somebody you definitely have to watch especially in the red zone um we can't be too passive i mean we we say oh it's just andy dalton or oh the average depth of target may not be huge or or he may work the early part of the field that's fine that's all that they have to do we saw it last week with dallas when we played zone when we played scared they were Dak was more than willing to take what was given for him and not will not being forced to take the big shot and it's what we've seen game in and game out and I get it Chris Olave is good I get it Taysom Hill I get it Alvin Kamara but you cannot play scared against his New Orleans Saints offense I think this is might be the only thing and I think it's the only thing I ever agreed with Elliot Shore Parks on because it was the most blatantly obvious and stupidest analysis I've ever seen by a guy who should be bringing more to the table he said exactly what you said this is a Jonathan Gannon game because we can't be giving up 20 points and expecting Gardner Minshew to score 30. We saw Gardner Minshew uh, can do it, but we don't want to see it every single week that our offense is being forced to score 30 points. We want to see when we need to lean on them, kind of like, you know, the San Francisco 49ers, when we need to lean on our defense for some support, that they can provide that support, but playing scared and not providing that support like we saw last week can be extremely costly. And we can go back to the turnovers. We can go back to a whole lot of other things. But at the end of the day, I think the biggest stat that stands out from last week was the 24 for 24 against zone coverage. Quarterbacks are willing to take what you give to them. And so what? It's simple. So what? It's strategic. So what? It's the system. I'm going to take five yards plus a couple extra yards in yak every time over a big shot constantly over and over again. Yeah, Joe Mark says the front seven has to get home early and often today. I think it's more the front four. Obviously, the Eagles don't blitz as much. So, I mean, and Brandon Graham is one sack away from double digits, which we, which would give the Eagles four, because uh, I think Hargrave is there. Um, and, yeah. and I think that's the first time in NFL history. The Saints' defense is much worse than the Cowboys. Their defense is not as good as the Cowboys, but their defense isn't bad now. I mean, and we talked about it. they're getting Marshawn Lattimore back. They're getting Tyron Matthew, or Tyron Matthew is there. Pete Warner's all over the field. Their front, their front four, Cameron Jordan and Marcus Davenport can get after the quarterback. And the um, Cam Jordan against whoever's going to play right tackle for the Eagles. I'm assuming it's going to be Driscoll. I haven't seen anything yet. Um, that's going to be a key matchup. And if, if Driscoll can't hold hold his own over there, then the Eagles are going to have to put Goddard or Stall over there to help. And that takes another passing threat off the you know out of a route for, for Gardner Minshew. Um, and, and and you know the one thing I did want to mention: this game is important for both teams because a the Eagles are trying to clinch the division, number one seed, and also worsen. The Saints' first-round pick because the Eagles have it, but the Saints are still in it for the NFC South. So, like, if the if the Saints win and, and win next week and get some help, the Saints could have a chance to win the division. So, this 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 isn't like the Saints are coming here playing out the season. The Saints are coming here with a with a shot at, at potentially making the playoffs, and that's why they're going to come in here and give it their all. That's why Marshawn Lattimore just didn't just say, "Look, I'm just calling it a season." What's the point? No, he wants to come back and play, and he didn't have a great game against Devontae Smith last year, so. He's definitely going to, I mean, he's going to go probably go up against AJ Brown this year. So, and I know, I know Jalen Hurts isn't the quarterback, but he's, he's going to be going up against, you know, another tough or tough um, matchup today in wide receiver and AJ Brown. And look, the Eagles put up a lot of points, put up a lot of yards last week. If they can do the same thing, there's no reason that the Saints offense should be able to do it against the Eagles defense and the Eagles should win. But we also shouldn't come out here and expecting the Eagles offense or 
saying the Eagles offense has to put up 35 points in order to win. No, if they can put up 24, 28, that should be good enough to win this game. And and I want to I want to speak to uh, Joe's comment. The Saints' defense is much worse than the Cowboys. I think this is actually a common misconception uh, among a lot of people. Their defense, except for points against, is actually better than the Cowboys. They give up less yards than the Cowboys. They are actually. This may be surprising to a lot of people. They are the second best passing defense in the league behind the Eagles. They only give up 190.4 passing yards per game, and the Eagles give up 181. And then on the Russian side of the football, this is another game where Miles Sanders has to be heavily involved, Boston Scott, whoever you want to involve, they need to be heavily involved because the Saints are actually only one spot worse than the Dallas Cowboys. They give up 132 yards per game on the ground versus the Dallas Cowboys that gave up 127.9. But as, as noted, they do give up more points per game. And I think that that's the common misconception is that points per game is a be all end all of a defensive statistic or a be all end all for what speaks to how a defense plays or how good a defense is. But it actually is a very common misconception. The Saints have leaned on their defense a lot. Their points for and points against are almost even. Points for 20.2, points against 21.7. So they've actually had to lean on their defense quite a bit to to allow the offense to have shorter fields or to put the offense in more favorable situations because they haven't really been in a whole lot of favorable situations. And it speaks to the fact that they're sitting here at six and nine right now. But I just wanted to speak to Joe's comment there because the Saints defense, they don't get the flash stats. You know, they don't have the interceptions maybe, or they don't have the sacks or whatever. And they're a pet, they're bad rushing defense. But I think it's a common misconception that they're that bad of a defense because their defense was the reason that a lot of people, a lot of analysts leaned on them as being as good as they were going to be this year. And sure, it probably hasn't lived up to the hype that the national media had at the beginning of the season, but they haven't been horrible per se. And when you look at the Eagles, Offense, they need to not force the ball to Quez Watkins again. That was brutal last week, watching Quez Wa- them throw the, or Gardner Minshew try to get the ball to Quez Watkins. Watkins didn't come back for the ball. Maybe the first one should have been a PI, but still, um, not running. It seemed like not running the correct routes. Um, use Dallas Goddard. You got Dallas Goddard back. Use him. Use AJ. Obviously, he used AJ Brown and Devontae Smith last week because they both had over 100, I think, last week. So, you know. Remember, the talk in the offseason was, oh, we think Quez Watkins is the number two receiver. Obviously, they didn't believe that because they went and got A.J. Brown. Um, but, yeah, so just hopefully they don't force the ball to Quez Watkins. And this might have to, on offense, might have to be a Miles Sanders game. You know, let Miles run. And we talked about how the Eagles probably aren't going to re-sign Miles Sanders. So who cares how much tread he has on the tires at this point? Give him the ball. Let him run. Um, obviously, you're going to want to see what the right side of the line looks like early on in the game. Um you know, is it gonna is it Driscoll and and how is he holding up against Cam Jordan? Um, and I think that's gonna kind of the first couple of drives are gonna dictate how the rest of the game goes. Um, but you know, Sirianni and Steichen have to be smart with smart with the offense and and you know if if the offensive line can can hold up like they did last week against Dallas where they gave up zero sacks, zero QB hits, I don't see why Gardner Minshew isn't shouldn't be able to go out there and um, you know put some points on the board. Absolutely, I th- I think like. 
you know, with both of these defenses going head to head, I think like 20 ish points. Like we'll get to our predictions later. I don't think it's definitely not going to be as high scoring as last week unless things really get out of hand. But theoretically, if the defense plays really well, like you said, this is a Jonathan Gannon game and Shane Steichen and Nick Sirianni are able to win the time of possession battle because that's one of the keys is keeping them off the field because they are a team that also needs a lot of time of possession to work the short game and to work the way that they work in their offense. So if you can win the time of possession and Jonathan Gannon doesn't play scared, there's a good opportunity that Philadelphia should be able to come out on top without having to go pound for pound and putting up 30 plus points. And if we have to put up 30 plus points, I'm getting re and I get it. It's the saints. Maybe the, the, the situation might dictate that this has to happen. I would be extremely scared going into the playoffs I get it. We're getting Chauncey Gardner-Johnson back. I don't think Avante Maddox will be back this year, but we're going to get Chauncey Gardner-Johnson back. We're going to improve on the defensive side of the ball. But I would be very nervous after watching back-to-back weeks where our defense was completely abused, um, especially in scoring, uh, especially with points allowed. I would be getting really nervous heading into the playoffs at what Jonathan Gannon's going to play. Because if he's playing scared now, imagine what he might play when it really matters the most, is he going to continue to play scared like that? Because that would make me extremely nervous. It depends on who the quarterback is. Because I, and look who you're going to go up against. Exactly. We've seen it time and time again, where when you go up against a, a scrub quarterback, he's aggressive and, and, and they get after him and they force turnovers. But when you go up against a, a Patrick Mahomes, Tom Brady, um, I don't want to throw Dak in it, but Dak to a certain extent, he, he calls play scared. So it stinks. Uh, Joe, Joe asked, how often would you put a Jack stall over, to help the O line uh, when the draft could go from top twenty or top ten to bottom twenty, and so I had talked about, just did talk about that. It's going to probably take the first quarter, first couple of drives, just to see how Jack Driscoll, who I'm assuming is going to be starting at right tackle, because um, I don't think, see, I don't know if the Eagles want to change two spots on the line because they could move Myalata to right tackle, let let Andre Diller play left tackle, but that's changing two spots. So change one spot for now. And if Driscoll struggles, then 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 potentially move uh, Jack Stall over there. And if that still doesn't help, then maybe move Jordan Maialata over there. Um, I, I, yeah, I I mean I think definitely Jack Stoll needs to be out there a lot more on passing downs because I think that's where we're going to struggle. But one of the bet things about this offensive line, you can almost plug and play anybody in on the Russian side. When it is a Russian play, what they've shown you can plug and play anybody. Look at look back to like. Uh, what was it, week 17 or week 18 last year, maybe both weeks where they just had all the second and third stringers playing and they were still running all the running the ball all over the place. These players, they, this offensive line can be super effective if Shane Steichen and Nick Sirianni choose to hold true to the fact that this isn't a good Russian D and you you can have Jack Stoll out there, but I think Jack Stoll is going to be way more important and it take, I get it, it takes a body away from the passing game. That's why you would use, you know, Kenneth Gainwell and Miles Sanders at the backfield to add that element that Jack you might lose with Jack Stoll having to block. But I think Jack Stoll is going to be more important, especially in the passing game and making sure that Minshew has time and the Minshew can make plays because I get it. There's a lot of blame falling on Quez Watkins and I get it like the year prior, you know, Quez Watkins was okay. I think some people over exaggerate the numbers. He was okay in contested catch situations. But when you look at his entire career and you look at this year specifically, he's really not good in contested catch situations. And like I said on the show on Tuesday, 
Jalen Hurts would not put Quez Watkins in those situations. And I get it. There's a lot of people who are like, well, you still got to try. You still got to come down with it. Quez Watkins should not be put in those situations. That is what A.J. Brown is for. That is what Devontae Smith is for. Look at what happened in those situations with Devontae Smith or Dallas Goddard. Look at what happens when you put those guys in those situations. They go for the ball. They get the ball. They live and die off being physical at the point of attack and making plays happen. And Quez Watkins just isn't that way. And... Yes, some blame falls on him, but too much was falling on him. It was, but you still have to be more aggressive uh, getting after the – or going to the football. Don't sit there and allow the defender just to jump over your back and, and pick it off. Um, but, yeah, he was put in those – again, that's where you use A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, Dallas Goddard a lot more. Um, so, as we mentioned, this is a big game. You know, for both teams, the Eagles are trying to get the number one seed and the NFC East. The Saints are still in contention to win the NFC South. The Eagles also have the Saints' first-round pick, which right now is number 10, if I'm not mistaken. Um, you know, Don't you remember at the beginning of the year we thought we were going to get a top-five pick from the Saints? We also thought we would have a couple of top tens last year, and that didn't happen either. As all, all three picks were, what, like 15 between 15 and 20. Um, what, are, what are your – what is the biggest key to this game for the Eagles to, to come out with the victory? I think it's going to be, we kind of alluded to, I think it's going to be a lot on the defense. This is going to be a lot on Jonathan Gannon. While this offense is not, you know, doesn't have like, I wouldn't say Alave's at a CD lamb level, but while they don't have like a CD lamb who was roasting them, or last week a bunch, they do have a lot of different weapons that can bring a lot to the game that I think are going to have Jonathan Gannon playing scared because you got Alvin Kamara coming out of the backfield. Like you said, you have Taysom Hill who can play literally every position except along the offensive line, which you could probably play on the offensive line as a tackle if you really were in a pinch and wanted to force it. Uh, you got Chris Olave, who plays, who's an extremely good route runner, very fast, very good on the outside. They're going to have to potentially lean on a bit of safety help. Um, a guy like Josiah Scott cannot miss the plays that he has to be making, like last week on that get play that Darius Say was being blamed for. You have to make sure that you have uh, somebody you can trust over top of Chris Olave because he can take the top off a of defense in a heartbeat. Um, Andy Dalton is not great. But Andy Dalton is smart enough that he's going to take what's given to him. So if he realizes that Jonathan, exactly, if Jonathan Gannon's going to play scared, he's going to take his time. He's going to do what he's got to do. And he's going to, if he's going to take five yards and hope he's got great yak guys. A guy like Chris Olave, if he blows past you, he'll take it all the way. Taysom Hill will run through tacklers. Alvin Kamara will make you miss as well. Juwan Johnson's a big body. He's an athletic tight end. He can make you miss too. You do not want to be put in a situation where you need to make a tackle in the open field after a five-yard pass where Yak is going to become a, a crucial part of this game. Because we know we have made the tackles, but we've also missed a lot of those tackles in situations. So I think this is going to end up being back, falling a lot back on Jonathan Gannon and what he decides to call throughout this game and not to play scared and not, definitely not to play zone to the extent that they were playing against Dallas because Andy Dalton can probably go 24 for 24 if you play zone. Andy Dalton is also undefeated against the Eagles, and I know it's a small sample size. He's 3-0, um, but he, he he's had success against the Eagles and in the stadium. I mean, granted, I think that was – was that last year with Dallas or two years ago, whatever – he was with Dallas in one of the wins. I don't remember. I think it was in Philly um, that that the game took place. 
Um, what about you, think, LJ? I, I think, how about you on offense? I kind of hit the defense and we talked a lot of defense, but what about offensively besides not forcing the ball to Quez? And it should be a Miles Sanders game, but we all know when it should be a Miles Sanders game. It really isn't a Miles Sanders game. What else are you going to be looking for on offense? It could well, be a key. Not turning the ball over because in their two losses, they've had a combined eight turnovers. Um, so they, they had four turnovers last week and then, and then four against Washington in that loss. So be smart with the football. Look, we know Gardner Minshew is going to allow his receivers to make a play. Um, but don't do it too much. And then, you know, that that botched fumble that, that he had with Boston Scott and then Miles Sanders, like he's had he's had fumbles in back-to-back weeks. Hold on to the football. I know that the, the, the Eagles stress it. They go through it in practice, as most teams do. But they've gotten away from the fundamentals. So, you know, let's not force – or let's not turn the ball over because when they turn the ball over, you're going to give a team that you're better than a chance. And if they're in it in the fourth quarter, anything can happen. And, you know, we were watching the college football playoff yesterday. There's no way T- TCU wasn't better technically than Michigan, but they had two pick sixes and it, that's what helped them win the game. So if, if, if the Saints, if, you know, with Marshawn Lattimore, you know, back and with Cam Jordan going up against the not Elaine Johnson, if they can get after the quarterback, they can force, you know, turnovers and give a short field to Andy Dalton and, and Alan Kamara and Chris Olave in that offense, then the Eagles are going to be in trouble. And a game that we think that we are hoping that next week it's just a show up, don't get hurt, go home and get ready for the second round of the playoffs is going to mean something. And again, I know I'll be there, but I'd much rather it be a, let me show up and enjoy the atmosphere, have fun type of day and not, I don't want to sit here stressing because the Eagles are playing for something. The Giants, if they don't win today, they'll be playing for something for a playoff berth. So just find a way to get a win and protect the football. I think no matter what, the Giants are going to be playing for something next week, and you don't want to be in a in a matchup, a divisional matchup, having to rely on that to be the be-all end up when all you needed was one win a week ago, and you're going to head into week 18 and that all you need is one win still, and you're going to have to bring Jalen Hurts back. Like, I get it. Me and you have voiced some concern over, you know, well, Jalen Hurts, is it okay if he's off for five weeks and plays that second round or plays that second round playoff game? At this point, especially when it comes to injuries and situations like this, I'm okay with seeing him sit because I think I've seen enough from him that maybe there would be some rest in the first quarter, but I think that he could come back and be fine in that matchup. I just don't want to risk any type of re-injury or risk any type of situation. All I know is if next week is playing for something, I do not want to see him carry the ball 17 times. I don't even want to see him hit double-digit carries. He better be in that pocket, and he better be calling a game where he gets to feel comfortable back there in the pocket and make plays that are different than what he might have been making in the past. But he's been able to make plays throwing the ball. And you got Miles Sanders, you got Boston Scott, you got Kenneth Gainwell. I'd rather risk an injury to one of those three than anything further to Jalen Hurts. I get what you're saying, but it's also they, people said the same thing about Josh Allen and his mentality is he's gonna, you know, he's gonna do what he needs to do mm-hmm. to get that extra yard. And and Jalen Hurts is the same way. All right, so give me your offensive player to watch, your defensive player to watch, and your prediction as we get set for the Philadelphia Eagles, New Orleans Saints first or NFC champion NFC East on the line and first the number one overall seed in the NFC on the line for the Eagles. 
I'm I'm gonna give it to the entire offensive line offensively because they've been playing well. They've been able to sometimes fill the voids that have been create that have been created by injuries. But we know Mylotta's been off from time to time. We've seen Dickerson be off from time to time. Sam Alu and Kelsey have been really good, but what are we gonna get at the right tackle position? You know that you may have to lean more on the left side of the line or lean on some other things, some other trickery that you haven't had to use as often because you've been able to trust everyone. Lane Johnson. Cannot, it cannot be underrated how massive of a void it is, despite how often he's been injured over the past couple, few seasons and how many games he may have missed. It is it can't be understated how important Lane Johnson is, especially the fact you look back as like the guys that won like almost a thousand snaps without a, since his last sack allowed. This is and a and guy, if you look at the Eagles record without him, it's under five hundred, mm-hmm. well under five hundred without him and well over 500 with him. And it's not like you're going up against a bad edge. Cam Jordan is a good edge. Cam Jordan's a guy who he he's going to sit there. He's licking his chops and thinks that this is something he could take advantage of this week. And that's why what I've, what, what I've seen in some matchups where they're missing a key left or right tackle, a lot of guys or a lot of teams will turn away from giving that added buffer, like a Jack Stoller, that added protection on the side where they're going to be weaker. I hope that Shane Steichen knows, do not leave that side to be any weaker just because you trust Jack Driscoll or anything. Make sure that, you know, there's some bumping, there's some pushing, there's some grinding by Jack Stoll down on the offensive line and supporting and giving that added one or two seconds because in football, it's all about inches, it's all about seconds. So any time that you can add will be huge and i hope the chain steichen sees that realizes that and makes adjustments because i've seen too many matchups where they're missing a key tackle and they end up getting completely rode off because of that tackle and no adjustment by the offensive coordinator to have any help or added protection defensively i'm gonna go with i don't know if it's gonna be james bradbury or darius slay but Chris Olave predominantly plays on the outside. If you can take Chris Olave away, they really don't. Marquez Callaway's out too. They really don't have much in regards to wide receivers once you take Chris Olave out of the picture. If you can almost shut down that side of the field with Chris Olave, I think you guys, I think this team can have a great night defensively, which can correspond to a better night offensively and a win and a ton of stress off of their shoulders and our shoulders and all Eagles fan shoulders going forward into week 18. But I think it really starts with ensuring Chris Olave shut down. The big plays are taken away because while Andy Dalton's average depth of target may not be huge. And while he works the short and intermediate part of the field a lot, Chris Olave is the thing that makes that average depth of target go up three to four yards per game. That is where he likes to throw the big ball, the big play ball, the home run ball. And that is why whoever's there, whether it's Bradbury or Slay, or whether there's a safety over top, you do not miss plays on Olave. Shut that side of the field down. And I think if the Saints offensive coaching staff was smart, they put him in the slot like Dallas did with CD and have him go up against Josiah Scott. And we all know how that's going to happen. I think I looked it up. I think he's only played like 15% of snaps in the slot. So it would be a massive shift. But if you saw last week, it would be a need, a necessary, and a shift that probably could win you the game. Fingers crossed that Jonathan, Jonathan Gannon wouldn't allow such a thing. But So we know that um, Gardner Minshew is starting. He They just had it on Fox. They showed him um, in the you know middle of the, the group before they went back into the locker room, and he was getting fired up. So hopefully he, he, he's on his A game. Um, Jordan Maialata was at left tackle. Jack Driscoll was at right tackle. And Miles Sanders had a brace on his knee, so hopefully that's not 
something to be worried about. So my offensive player to watch out for him um, for the Eagles, I'm going with Miles Sanders. It needs to be a Miles Sanders game, and he needs to protect the football. Two turnovers in the last two weeks, one on a reception, one on a carry. And that, the one on the carry came at a crucial time last week um, that the, the Eagles could ill afford. So he has to protect the football. On the defensive side of the ball, I'm going to go with Hassan Reddick only because you have to get after Andy Dalton and get to Andy Dalton quick. You get to Andy Dalton, it doesn't allow, or he won't. Maybe he doesn't get rid of the football as quickly as we expect him to. To Alave, for instance, or Kamara, and if they make one man miss, they could take it to the house. So the Eagles have to continue to get after the quarterback. That might be, I think, if I got the stat correct, the first team in NFL history with four straight games of six plus sacks. Um, if they're not the first, they're they're one of the the few that have done that. So continue to get after the quarterback. Brandon Graham one sack away from double digits to give four. Um, Fletcher Cox is four away. Don't think that's going to happen, which would be amazing if the Eagles had five players, excuse me, with 10 plus sacks. And as I mentioned earlier, you know, Hassan Reddick needs to start getting some recognition. He has better numbers than Micah Parsons. He is making an impact more than Micah Parsons. But because his name isn't Micah Parsons, he's not being um, given the love. So I mean, he 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 deserves it. So I want to see Hassan Reddick ball out today. And probably I don't know, like I don't know if there's any free agent signing from this past season that you can say added as much to the team as Hassan Reddick has to the Philadelphia Eagles. And while things started slow for what the first four weeks, where we we're like, where is he? What's he doing? As soon as he really got comfortable and really integrated himself into this defense, he has not been stopped since I think that was what week five, week six. He has been almost unstoppable mm-hmm. since that. Yeah. So he, it was a, definitely a great, obviously the AJ Brown was a trade, not a signing. So definitely when it comes to signing, he was the, AJ Brown was probably the best trade of the year. Well, Tyreek yeah. Hill is having an, is almost is likely up for two thousand yards. So, yeah. yeah. All right, prediction time. Who you got? I got Philadelphia winning this game. I mean, there's a part of me like I don't want to underrate this game because what like we kind of did the Chicago Bears game. We underrated the the game and it ended up being way closer than it should have been for a lot of that game. So I don't want to underrate this game, but I think this should be a game that we handle fairly well but i'm not going to sleep on the saints defense per joe's saints defense is much worse than the cowboys coming i'm not sleeping on this defense the offense is what i might be sleeping on but uh, at the end of the day we have the better defense we have the better matchups we should be able to take advantage of them shane steichen and jonathan gannon need to call flawless games so we do not have to worry about week 18 whatsoever um, but I am going with Philadelphia and I am going in the ballpark of 20. I think this is going to be 24 17 for Philadelphia. I got 28 17 Eagles. Um, it'll be close though. The first two quarters going into halftime, the Saints may even be leading and we're going to be. Oh no, don't say it. Scratching our eyes out and pulling our fingers out and all that. But I think the Eagles will get a, will get a turnover in the, in the third quarter and then ride Miles Sanders. Um, and, and they'll, They'll be up 21-17. Make uh, Gardner Mitchell will make a, a late drive to make it 28-17, and the Eagles will come away with the victory. The NFC East in the first round by in the upcoming playoffs, and and that will make next week's game that I'll be at irrelevant. <laughs> I am, um, but yeah. like you said, you'd way rather this game be. Irrelevant. Yeah, I know, I know. I'm, I'm much rather win this game. Plus, it'll help the um the first round pick that the Eagles are going to get and probably trade because it's not going to be as high as they want it and thought they could maybe get like a Jalen Carter or Will Anderson, uh, which would be very helpful. Uh, That's okay. This, we know how season. we in stockpile. What? Oh, he goes back in the first round, gets the first next year. I mean, whatever. Go ahead. I'm yeah. all for that. 
We'll see. All right. Thank you. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in to our uh, special Sunday show here as we got you, we're get, getting you set for the Philadelphia Eagles and the New Orleans Saints as we are about 20 minutes away from kickoff. Connor has the Eagles win and I have the Eagles win and we'll be back uh, this week for a pre or excuse me for a recap of this game and then later in the week for a re, for a preview of the Philadelphia Eagles. Hopefully a preview where we don't have to really care very much. Please. Hopefully. Do hopefully. it for us. Uh for for the for the final game of the regular season. It's it is week 17. This season has gone by so fast, it's ridiculous. Happy New Year, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to the Kelly Green Hour. You want Philly food? Yeah, let's do it. Sanders patiently arrives. Sanders could.